It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. It is a, a Friday, the first day of September. Spring has sprung, the season has shifted from winter to warmer temperatures, Hooray, I hear you cry. And I guess if you've been sitting on your property, is today the day you're going to decide to list your property, get a few real estate agents around, get them to have a look, uh, do an appraisal, tell you what they think that they can offer you going into selling your property into spring. And there's no doubt that the Australian economy is entering a new phase following 12 consecutive cash rate hikes since May of of 2022. How does this impact the property market for the rest of 2023 and early 2024? And is the cash rate the only issue? Well, the latest PRD Australian Economic and Property Report for 2023 is due out on Monday and Chief Economist Asti Mari Asmo is going to be here to break all of this down. She is going to hopefully untangle the different layers of numerous factors that interact and shape property trends resulting in local market variants. So there is going to be a lot of information to cover, so that will be coming up on your Monday morning breakfast. But right now, let's head off to Queensland this morning, and joining us is Varsha Daswani, the principal from SAI Real Estate Group. And good morning, Varsha. Welcome back to the Real Estate Breakfast, the first of spring. Good morning, Craig. How are you? Well, a lot better now that it's spring, eh? We have a busy episode coming up, including looking at the commercial property market. If this is an area that you have thought about getting into, we will be talking about that with Varsha, the difference between residential and commercial property. And Varsha, there is, of course, uh, coming up next week, the RBA announcement regarding interest rates. Yesterday, I was just talking about data from Roy Morgan, which is indicating that 1.5 million or 29% of borrowers faced mortgage stress in July, and that is higher than the 2008 financial crisis. So how are you seeing that stress on the ground where you are? Craig, that's a very interesting question. From where we see it, there is no financial stress, and the buyers are actually really confident they don't have a stress of mortgage or finance is not an issue for them at this point in time and we are seeing 21 day settlement time. Wow, so that's kind of bucking the trend where you are and we will come back to Varsha in just a moment. We'll talk more about Budrum and also commercial property. That's on the way next. Stay ahead of the competition with the latest news, insights and data analysis on the property podcast that keeps you informed. Get insider tips from industry professionals and level up your real estate game by unlocking the secrets of successful real estate transactions. Well, Australia's Help to Buy Shared Equity Scheme, we shouldn't forget about this because it is set to launch next year and suddenly 2024 isn't too far away. The scheme allows the government to co-purchase 30 to 40% of a home, leaving buyers with a loan for the rest. 
And while the shared equity model is praised, concerns arise about its impact on the housing market. The scheme is expected to cover 30% of established homes and around 40% of new builds for 40,000 home buyers in four years. One of the problems is the modest price caps. For example, the 950,000 cap for Sydney, which could, they argue, push buyers to city outskirts. Of course, one can argue better to get into a house than not. But also, income thresholds are criticised as being too high, potentially benefiting those who could afford homes independently. And the government plans to build 1.2 million homes over five years to address housing challenges. So it's going to be interesting one way or the other when that starts to roll out to see just how efficient it is. Well, today is the 1st of September. If you're turning a year older, happy birthday to you. We've got Gloria Estefan. She's turning 65 and Lily Tomlin is 83. The last of the Gibb brothers, the BGs, Barry Gibb, he's turning 76. And Rachel Zoe, she's turning 51. We dive deep into topics like buying, selling, investing and maximising your property's value. From mortgage advice to the latest property data and trending numbers, your real estate journey starts here. It's the main centre forecast. And let's check on the weather. First we go to Sydney. Good morning to you. Partly cloudy skies, but you're going to see plenty of sunshine. 19 is your forecast top. In Melbourne, expect a cloudy day with a chance of rain, 15 degrees. Brisbane, mainly fine, blue skies with 27. And in Perth today, cloudy with some rain and your high 23. Unlock the secrets of real estate and stay informed about the latest real estate buzz with hot market trends, emerging suburbs and hidden gems. Well, just over a week ago, we were talking about Malula Bar and touched on Budrum also on the Sunshine Coast. It's an urban hub perched on top of a 180 metre mountain offering panoramic views of the southern communities of the Sunshine Coast. And I was very surprised, Varsha, of the the population here. 55,000 people recorded in a census for the Budrum urban area. So it is a growing, thriving suburb of the Sunshine Coast. Many interstaters will not have heard of the area before. So let's do a breakdown, which will be useful for the listener. So perhaps you can expand on how the market is going there. You represent the area and obviously uh, know it pretty well. So Craig, in Budrim, according to RP data, the median house price in Budrim is about 1.1 million and 471 properties have been sold in the last 12 months. And there are about 7,197 active buyers looking to buy just in Budrim. And if you, if you look at the growth rate, it has gone up to 2.6%, which is quite positive. 
And you are also dealing in the the whole commercial property space there on the the Sunshine Coast, which kind of makes sense. The market is growing, so there's opportunities to engage, and there's a big difference between residential and commercial real estate. A different mindset is required and strategic thinking, of course, for when embarking into the world of commercial property. Not everybody, Varsha, is able to... To make that transition, are they from residential into commercial? No, there are different, like, even though it's property, Craig, it's quite interesting that how different it is. So commercial is very B2B, whereas residential is quite an emotional decision, both for the buyers and the sellers. With commercial is like, if the numbers work out, then they will move forward. If it doesn't, they will not. So it's a very numbers game compared to residential where it's a very emotional decision. So the buyer need to see and visualize themselves in that property and the sellers need to be kind of motivated to take that step and move towards the next step of life and just making sure that we do the transition or we make that process as smooth as possible for the sellers is kind of what we do. So for us, it's not a transaction. It's a, it's a smooth transition. That's the basic difference that, between a commercial and a residential property. So I mentioned that you represent the Sunshine Coast there. So how is the commercial property market? What's happening in the Sunshine Coast? In the Sunshine Coast and commercial property market side of things, there is a very high demand um, of industrial compared to um, retail. Um, So the suburbs like Burana and Kanda Park are in high demand and it all comes down to what the buyers are actually ready to pay. So the gap is really reduced from the seller's expectation to the buyers. I was, for example, I'll give you an example in terms of a retail commercial property that I'm selling at the moment and that's in Budrim. So it was previously with somebody else and they were not able to do anything for about four years. All that property needed was some love and care and attention, you know. And the moment that we have taken it over and it's just been a week, we have already got so much interest on that property compared to the last real estate agent. We have got so many buyers just sitting to buy in um, in terms of the industrial because they are owner occupiers and they are they are cash ready, they're ready to go and they are looking for something which is freestanding and that does not have a body corp so they don't have more overheads and, and they are just buying a block of land basically and then running their business. That's the more stronger area in commercial compared to like, you know, if we have a difference between an industrial or retail, industrial is very much stronger. Okay, and at various times, we have looked at the auction versus the private treaty sale process. Which one is the best? Many people scratch their head on as far as this is concerned. In many cases, that very much depends on where in Australia you live as to what might best suit the market. But let's break that down this morning in terms of how this is explained to the vendor, because There is also a process that follows every new client in terms of which way to swing. 
Yeah, 100%, Craig. So um, there is no such thing as a field auction, first of all. Uh, when uh, when it's passed in, a lot of vendors do think that, oh, the property failed at auction, but there is no such thing as field auction. So auction is a three-step process, basically, prior to auction, on the auction day, and after the auction. The way you market your property, it can be sold prior to auction or on that day or after the, after the auction. So if, say, for example, if the pro- property is passed in and there have been about two bidders on that day and one one person decided not to bid, right? And there's just one person, the property might be passed in. But it will def- if you just work in terms of the negotiation with that buyer, you do have a buyer. And then you just need to negotiate. And then, you know, the property might be sold after the auction in, in, in an hour or so. And I've seen so many instances like that where the people just get really cold feet. It's like being married, you know. You get really cold feet just on that day. And when you don't see a lot of bidders, you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And should I be even bidding about it? That's where um, the role of the agent comes in place, where you just have to negotiate and talk to the buyer and be very respectful in terms of their emotional decision as well, because it's a very big decision for, for them. Taking them through that process is basically the game. All right, Varsha. Well, we'll let you get on into the world of selling, not only there on the Sunshine Coast, but also in Brisbane. Enjoy the first day of spring and enjoy the weekends coming up. Amazing. Thank you so much, Craig. Don't navigate the real estate market alone. Let us help guide you in the world of real estate every day. Make better informed decisions with the latest news and insights. People that are moving into Geelong, it's always been very heavily influenced by Melbournians moving in. Is that still the case? Definitely still the case. I would say comfortably 60 to 70% of people we're meeting on a Saturday aren't local. And whether that means they're coming from within 30 minutes or within two hours away but still a very high volume of Melbourne people. I think regardless of the environment we've noticed that still Geelong is better value in terms of what you get down here and a lot of people are still moving down from Melbourne. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.